Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Um, I want to entitle this message this morning, uh, I just want to call it simply, um, seeing most of you are new people, um, you've come again is what I mean, you've come a second, sorry, you're not return people, you're the first time hearers, so we're going to call it Contagious. Everybody yell out Contagious. Say, I'm contagious. And uh, depending on what you're contagious with, you can be the most influential, powerful person on the planet. And I want to tell you right now, my message today is about, if it were one word today, just contagious. If it were two words today, you can't be contagious until you're infected. And what's infected you? What are you infected with? Are you infected with doubt, negativity, fear, all that stuff? Or are you infected with the life-changing power of the Word of a living God, okay? Under threat for generations, but this Word still stands in spite of every obstacle, in spite of people like Voltaire trying to burn and destroy every Bible on the planet. They actually ended up buying his property and turning it into a Bible printing press. You cannot get rid of the Word of God. It is the power of God. Oh boy, I feel today that people are going to receive this message, that you're going to become world changers because something's going to begin to flow out of you. If there's no flow, there's no life. The Dead Sea has zero life. It flows in, but it doesn't flow out. We can bring the Word of God. This is not, this is not a club. This is the church of the living God. The greatest, you know, the greatest thing, a lot of churches today really tied up in doing community work, and I think that's brilliant, and we should do it, and it's outstanding to be involved in the community. But do you know still today the greatest thing that a church will ever do on this planet is have services like this where God's presence comes and touches broken people and where broken lives get healed so that they can then serve their community, where we can get restored and have hope again and start to breathe life instead of death. See, we're talking about breath a few minutes ago. Some of you need a breath test. I had a breath test the other day. The police pulled me over. I'm a Christian, of course, so we know everything's going to be cool. We're okay to go. And, uh, but they pulled me over nonetheless. And I happened to be at the time on the phone. I had people in my car. I was on the phone to a guy and uh, legally, because if it's on the car, you can talk. All right. So I was on the phone to a person and they poked this thing in the window. The police are there. I was kind of sort of um, distracted distracted by the phone call and the people in the car and the thing came through the window and I started and just in the middle of the excuse me a second mate and I'm blowing into this thing that was poked through the window and the police officer then said to me um, and, and I, you know I blew in it a few times waiting for him to say you're all you're good to go buddy and then he said to me we don't do it like that anymore and so what happens is they don't, you don't actually blow in the thing any longer. What it is, you actually speak into it now. And apparently that's how it works. And I don't know why my blowing wouldn't work, but I tell you right now, as I, as I spoke into it, it defined, and then he said, you're good to go. But I believe some of us need a breath test for two reasons. Number one, let's check our breath. Let's check, let's have a breath check in the, a breath check in the spirit realm to see what's going on. You can't be contagious if you've got bitterness on the inside. You can't be contagious if you've got offense on the inside. You can't be, con, you know, you're contagious 
contagious will be horrible stuff that walks into a room and cripples the room and smalls it down. We need to be able to walk into a room and bring life. We need to be able to walk into broken situations and bring hope. And we won't bring it if we've got offence and bitterness on the inside because God wants us to have healing and restoration. We need a breath track of the Holy Spirit. We need God to check our breath and say, hey, there's bitterness in there. There's negativity in there because Ezekiel could never have spoken and breathed over those bones life if he had had junk going on on the inside. And I really believe this morning, let's get a breath check in the Holy Spirit this morning in church. How's that about? We should just pass a breathalyzer around really, just as something so you can get involved in it and activated in it. But let's have a breath check that releases us into speaking well, into declaring great declarations, into canceling. You know, some of us have spoken and breathed over our marriages that our marriages are non-fruitful. But when we start to speak love and destiny and purpose over our marriages and over our children and over our jobs and over our destinies, man, I tell you, let's change the world. Let's be contagious enough to change the world we live in. I really believe that we can change things just by our confession. I'm standing in front of you today purely by having a life-changing revelation of God's glory. You see, we don't serve a dead God. We, we, We don't serve an impotent God who's, you know, Buddha, he never raised anyone from the dead. Buddha never did anything of any significance. Come up with a few wise phrases, stole half them off Jesus. But the reality is nothing powerful ever happened. But Jesus, they crucified him. He died on the cross for you. And then he rose from the dead victorious and you and I can live in that. How can we not be contagious with what's on the inside of us through the resurrection power of Christ? So my message is simply, let's get contagious again this morning. In Matthew chapter five, verse 13, it says, it's just quite clear there actually. He says, if the salt has lost its saltiness, how can it any longer be of any use? If the salt uses, loses its saltiness, you know, in the first verse I said, lick the person next to you to see if they've still got a bit of saltiness about them. We can lose our saltiness. We can become program orientated. We can come and sit in churches and receive great word. And yet the church is not here just for us to receive. We have to be outgivers. We have to have a flow through us or we become like the Red Sea, we, the Dead Sea, sorry. We become like the Dead Sea. And what comes in never leaves the Dead Sea. And you can go and you can, you can float very easily in the Dead Sea because it's just a stagnant pond of salt. But but God doesn't want us to be that either. He wants us to have a flow about us that affects the world around us, that brings life and brings hope and brings victory to people all over our world. And there's opportunities everywhere. Hello? Is this making sense to anybody? Because I don't want to just bring a nice three-point poem, you know, Three points in a poem, how to read this digest or something. I, I want to bring you something that can literally infuse your faith that you rise up and you begin to be a contagious uh, ambassador for the kingdom of God. That's whoever you are, friend. I used to be our family, the McDonnell family was broken. It was destitute. It was full of chaos. It had divorce and, and brokenness and drunkenness and, and you name it was our family. I myself was conceived outside of 
of wedlock. God can take something bad and turn it for the good. And whoever you are, it doesn't matter what your past was, it's about your future. And it was only the fact that a powerful risen Christ intervened in our family that He turned the entire family around. Now there's not divorce any longer. Now there's not drunkenness and brokenness any longer. Now there's hope and healing and restoration and preachers and lawyers and people who are taking the gospel to the four corners of the earth because God will turn our whole family around just with the love. We saw little babies getting dedicated. I love it when babies are getting dedicated because we get the chance to impart into the, a generation, a whole family generation. Who knows what those kids, Pastor Byron said one of them was going to come a preacher. He had some little little kid there, little black kid hanging over his shoulder there and, uh, and it just was so awesome and I thought, man, alive, he's probably going to be an evangelist that'll travel the planet and bring a contagious anointing wherever he goes. Just because he was held in the presence of God for a moment, you've got no idea. See, we serve a God who is very, very powerful. He's not weak and timid and, and bowed down by your circumstances. It doesn't matter what they are, they don't intimidate God. When I was paralyzed on my bed and doctors are telling me you'll never walk again, God's not intimidated by that. I think he gets a bit sparked up by that. He, gets a, he says, with man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible, somebody. With man it might look, with man it might look, your business right now might look like it's struggling, but with God all things are possible. Your marriage right now, that's why I say, what are you breathing into it? You see, sometimes I think that we like to put our trust in God and we like to think that God is like a, a, a sort of a lucky dip dial of prayer God. But somehow we got to get involved in that. Somehow it takes a little bit of involvement, you know. In our family, Julia and I had to get born again one night. We had to actually, literally, a man came and brought the gospel to us. And he told us how Jesus died in our place. Oh boy, I can still remember that night as clear as it were right now. It was Tuesday, the 10th of October, 1978. And we surrendered our lives to Jesus Christ. It was a Tuesday night at 10.30, I think. And Jesus came into my heart. I tell you the truth right now as I stand in front of you, life has never ever been horrible since. Life has been victory, hope, truth, breakthrough, healing, restoration. And I want to tell you right now, you can trust in my God today. I'm going to tell you, you can trust. That doesn't mean I haven't been through. So I'm not going to stand here today. I wouldn't dare stand here and give you some kind of um, um, sort of show that Oh boy, tick this box and everything's cool. You'll go through struggles, man. We all do. We struggle. We battle. We have health. There'll be people with health issues here right now. There'll be people with family issues, marriage issues. But I want to tell you right now, you can either walk through that alone or you can walk through that with Jesus Christ at your right-hand side. And he says, I promise you, I'll walk through the valley with you and I'll stop you from focusing on death and destruction in the valley. And I'll cause you to look up and see the victory that I've got on the other side of the valley for you. And friend, I don't just say that. That's not just nice preaching. That's my life experience. When we went through some things, we've been through, I've been paralyzed, like I just said. 
here I am today, 100%, 100% totally, completely healed, defying the reports of doctors because I took the doctor's report. And as it says in Colossians chapter two and verse 18, it says, he nailed the handwriting that was written against us and recorded against us and he took it and nailed it with himself to a cross that it would die right there and that come out the other side with resurrection life and you rise up and live in the victory that those words have no longer got any effect over your life. I don't care what they said about you. I don't care how they condemned you or cursed you, but we put those words behind us and we put the cross of Christ before us today in Jesus' Name. I'm not preaching to you now, I'm telling you the truth, that God is for you, not against you. So when I talk about being contagious, you see, you'll get contagious. When we got saved, our whole family got saved. Next thing, our uncles, our aunts, our neighbours, our street got saved, to be honest, we could become contagious. Some people are so insipid that you don't want to taste what they've got that what they've got seems to be boring and irrelevant to life. But when you've got something that literally turns your world around, that it literally brings life and brings hope and changes your confession and changes the way you talk. I remember when my dad got saved, that when my dad literally followed in those footsteps and gave his life to Christ, the dogs could not understand the way he talked to them any longer. When he was sending them out to get the cows, he used to use a different language. But when he got born again, his language changed. And I tell you, God is a changer of the way we talk, the way we speak, the way we breathe, the way we deliver. Jesus hung on the cross so you could have the victory. That's why we're contagious today. See, Jesus, what I love about that, when Jesus hung on the cross, he took everything of my past and gave me a brand new start. Yeehaw! I'm surprised a few people are not shouting out. Like that was the greatest day of my life. You gotta realize I've never, it wasn't like some religious experience for me where now I have to go to confession and some sort of meeting four times a week. It wasn't like that. It was like God breathed something into my life that was bigger than I could ever contain in my own experience. It was something that was going to affect my world around me. That's why my neighbors came over. Something's happened over here. What's happened? Your car's not missing your driveway any longer when you come home. All sorts of things, but the language has changed in this house. They said there were some things that were noticeably evident, not to mention the day we took our TV out on the front lawn and smashed it to pieces and poured our alcohol over it and burned the whole lot. That will sort of get people's attention. <laughs> I don't recommend anybody do that. It was ridiculous. All of those 33 and a half inch vinyl albums now that are worth a fortune that I could have still had, but we burned them up and smoked that day. This is before I read the Bible. This is before I read the Bible. And this, nobody told me I had to do that. It was a conviction of the Holy Spirit. It changes your life. You become contagious and effective and influential wherever you go. See, a lot of people are trying to learn, oh, give me another Bible study. I would say to you today, I would dare to declare to you today, let's hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. When he tells me to go and pray for the lady in the third row, second chair in, I wanna do that because I wanna know his voice more than I wanna know anything else. I never, I don't wanna know, I don't know religion to be honest with you. I know people who do are religious and they are the most boring people on the planet. I have the life of Jesus Christ flowing through my blood and I tell you, I am contagious and effective with that. That's why 
after I got born again, something changed in my heart because the Bible says that he will give you a new heart and a new spirit. Now I'm convinced some people try to live with their old person. Now the old person won't do it. That's why baptism is so important. Get baptized, come out of that water and believe the word of God that you are a brand new creation. Trouble may come, but it will go. Jesus struck his own bit of trouble, if you really want to know that. He struck his own issues in life. Jesus struck the Garden of Gethsemane, where the, the, the devil came and tried to tell him, are you going to waste your time on these folk? Are you serious? Do you think it'll make a difference, all that suffering you've got to go through? They're going to whip you. They're going to cut you. They're going to beat you. You've all seen it. You've all, we've just had Easter where we celebrated the death, burial, and resurrection of the King of Kings and the Lord of our planet. And he rose from the dead. And in that garden of Gethsemane, the devil comes along and says to him, mate, forget it. You think they're going to follow you? You think they're going to obey you? And Jesus, right there, his willpower is challenged. He's challenged to change his mind and deny the cross and turn his back on you and I. But Jesus is faced that day with the greatest challenge. I believe Adam lost our, will, our ability to choose in the Garden of Eden. But in the Garden of Gethsemane, thousands of years later, Jesus Christ said, not my will be done, but thine be done, Father in heaven. And I declare that over your life and over my life and over our circumstances this morning, that it won't be our own will, but the will of the Father that's released. See, I'm driving, I had five businesses when I got born again. They were happening, but it wasn't like I was sort of dropping into some dungeon and lost my bearing on life that I needed to get born again. God interrupted. He intervened in what I thought was okay. And he said, I'm going to bring you a life far above that where you no longer live for yourself, but live for others. And the reality is that's what the cross is all about. Jesus was never about himself. He was always about others. The cross today, still you see them everywhere, empty crosses. And they're always an incredible sign of peace, hope and destiny for every single person on this planet. Where are you at today, friend? I'm driving down the road. I've been born again, I think a week, maybe, maybe eight, nine days, just over a week. I'm driving down the highway. I'm going to one of my businesses, which was security, a home security business, where we would come in and secure your home. It used to be we could charge whatever we like because it operated on the, on the spirit of fear because most of our society is living in fear and they want to lock themselves in. They want to secure themselves. We want to lock everything away because it's so flipping precious to us. It means nothing because you won't take one piece of it with you when you go to that grave. I have never seen a hearse with a roof rack or a caravan on it yet. And I'll tell you what, you will take nothing out of this planet with you. Yet we're holding on so tight, trying to secure our own little world. And little do we realise if we get contagious with the power of God and start to live bigger, we will affect the planet and we will see the whole world changed by the love of God. It won't happen while we're living to ourselves. How many of you led to Christ lately? People ask me. How many of you led? I've lost count of how many people I've led to you because everywhere I go, I'm leading people. When I'm flying on aeroplanes, I'm leading people to Jesus. We are here as a divine appointed person of God that are carrying something contagious enough to change people that we meet. I'm driving down the road, it's nine days after I'm born again. And, and I'm, I'm going to lock this house up, like I said, and they were an elderly couple, an elderly couple. And so they were fearful of everything. 
I put locks on their doors. I told them the door ones are no good. You need them on their windows or they'll come in the windows. Then I convinced them to put other locks on so that they couldn't get out once they got in. And, uh, and it was just ridiculous. But I said, Otherwise, they'll come in and kill you and then go out through the, the door that they can access. And I said, you've got to stop that. And I sold them so many locks that day. And it was all on the, and, and legally, like this is all legal, but this happens all over our world because we are so motivated by fear. And see, Jesus sets you free from all that. And I'm getting in my car and I'm driving away. And I remember they'd written me out a check on the spot because I demanded payment on the spot with these jobs. And I'm driving down the road. And as I'm driving down the road, I would have got one kilometre down the road and the Holy Spirit spoke to me because I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. I've got a new mind, a new spirit. And the Holy Spirit said to me, what you did was not right. What you did was not right. You took advantage of their fear and I gave you a loving, compassionate hope that you could have shared with them that dissolved their fear and it wouldn't have cost them a cent. So I was like, turned the car around. He said, I want you to go back and I want you to put it right. And I'll tell you what, sometimes in life we need to, if you want to live contagious, you better put some things right in your past so that you can step without carrying all kinds of baggage into your future because God wants us to walk freely into the future. And what you're carrying, it'll slow you down. And I want to tell you, things are picking up pace out there. You've got to be quick. You've got to, mind's got to be alert. You've got to be onto it. And I went back to this dear old couple and I knocked on the door. They were horrified to see me. They thought I'd come for more money. And they looked at me, you could tell they were afraid of me, more sort of afraid of me because what am I going to ask for now? And I said, dear sir, I want to tell you, he said, because why'd you come back? Have you forgotten something? And I, yeah, I sure have. I left the greatest freedom I ever got. Uh, nine days ago, I got set free. I left it at the doorstep of your house when I walked away from here because I did not do what was right. I did not listen to my spirit. I did not listen to the bigness of God in my life. And I said, this check you wrote me out, I said, I'm ripping it up and the job's for free because I took advantage of your fear. It should have only cost you about $300, not 3,000. And I ripped it up in front of them and, I, and they started weeping. I started weeping. I was weeping for two reasons. Number one, because I could feel the power of God on it. Number two, because I'm losing all that money. But I'll tell you what, that day, that dear couple surrendered. They said, we've never had anything like this happen in our lives. They said, what is it that would make you do that? I said, nine days ago, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. He's bigger inside me now than any financial deal. He's bigger inside of me now than any self deal. And God is the King of my life. And I'd far sooner listen to His voice than any other voice on the planet. And He told me to come back and put it right with you and to tell you that I love you and to tell you that God loves you. And that day, that dear couple surrendered their life with tears, broken down, gave their lives to Christ, got right with God. And I want to tell you today that God is looking for people that will hear His voice. If you want to be contagious, you need to hear the voice of God. It happens in so many different ways. It happens in, in such diverse situations. Even we've got multimedia today, and I'm just going to read you this just for the sheer fun of it, really. But but some of us are thinking, you know, because you, you, you're trapped in, in the multimedia. You're too busy trapped in multimedia to be effective for God in your world. And I want to say, drop it. Get hooked into God, okay? If you're going to use multimedia, use it to change somebody's lives. 
Okay? I'm praying for people over the internet. I'm praying for people uh, through text messages. I'm having miracles. I had a couple send me a photo of a baby they had the other day simply because of sending a message that you're going to get pregnant because God's anointing is on this prayer that I'm sending through the, through the whatever they are, through the airwaves, and they've sent me a picture of their baby. And I want to tell you, God wants to do stuff in your life that is bigger than just you. Otherwise, here we are, we're all walking around. This is how we spend our life. Otherwise, if you're not real careful, you're like this. Heck, not like that. But you're like this. Just taking selfies of yourself all the time. I send out an encouraging message. I try to to do it weekly. I don't need anybody else on my list, so don't all come to me after all. I had people come to me in the first service, so I want to be on your list. But anyway, I've been sending out these texts. I just want to read you one that I got back because God wants to use you. He wants you to be contagious. He wants to change your world, okay? And here we go. Hi, Don and Julia. For the past couple of months, I've been receiving text messages from you. Just thought I should let you know, but my name is not Kevin. My name is actually Jalila. Although your messages were intentionally for Kevin, I thought I should let you know that receiving your messages have been the most uplifting and healing thing that's ever happened in my life. If you don't mind, you're more than welcome to continue sending me this kind of encouragement. But if not, then that's okay too. I believe that what you've been sending me is from what you call the Bible. Thank you for sharing this kind of truth with me, I really appreciate your text. Been in, been, um, Jalila has now become a friend of mine, and it's a matter of time before Jalila is surrendering her life to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. A man came to do a, a job at our house just a few weeks ago, and he came to put a new security system in my house, new alarms. And while he's doing it, he started talking about his girlfriend, his, sorry, his, his whatever you call it, his partner. Partner, that's a word. I can never quite get my head around it. Partner. And uh, so he started telling about his partner. And, and I found out his partner comes from Vietnam. And Julia and I, spent, I've just been in a revival in Vietnam. We've just seen the most amazing miracles you've ever seen. Incidentally, tonight we're just going to have a Holy Ghost service. Is that okay, Pastor Byron? Well, we'll go for the Holy Spirit tonight. We'll pray for people. We'll believe for miracles and, and just come expectant tonight that God's going to do the supernatural, okay? That's going to happen here tonight. But anyway, and I said, look, I've just been in Vietnam. I, I was telling them some of the amazing stories. And I said, there was one girl that came and she had cancer all down this side of the face and her whole face was disordered and her growth had gone over her eye and her eye was blind with cancer. And she came up this beautiful, you could see one side was beautiful. The other side was a horrific horror story, depending on which side you looked at. That's often the truth in life. And anyway, she's standing there before me and uh, my interpreter says, obviously she wants to be healed. So I laid hands on her and she fell over. The power of God had her. She fell over on the floor, got up. Nothing had changed. I was, I was almost depressed. That girl prayed for her and she just kept falling over. The power of God touching and nothing changed. And I almost got depressed. And then I said, God, I want to remind you of what you did on Calvary. 
I want to remind you, God, of your incredible mercy toward mankind. This girl has no future, no opportunity to even get medical help in this particular part of Vietnam. God, would you please heal her? And right then, just laid hands on it again, and the entire face, the, all the cancer just dissolved. I don't know where it went. It just went, and her beautiful eyes, and her beautiful skin, and totally and completely healed. And I was telling this businessman who was doing the alarm system in my house about it, and he said, man, he said, we've got a Vietnamese New Year dinner happening on in about two nights, was it, or a week or something? And he said, we're going to invite you. And I love parties, so I said, I'll be there. And we went to a Vietnamese house and a Vietnamese family. Any Vietnamese here today? Not a one. You need a few in here. We prophesy a few in here. This could be the action for it, actually. And anyway, we went to this house, and, we, and they, entered, they looked after us like a king and a queen, they treated us like gold. They, they, I, when we got there, they were out the front. They had a thing going, some idols there, and they were feeding some idol. I don't know how all that works. I don't understand it. I don't really care, to be honest with you. But, but they were feeding the idol and worshipping the idol and all that. And, and, you know, we weren't distracted. We never, ever were sent here to judge. I'm not contagious because I judge people. I'm contagious because I love people. The bottom line is to love people. And we just loved them, and we just went in there. We didn't come to bring a message of how you should do life. No, we came with a message of hope that God is able to do anything you ask, that He's a God who loves you. I don't want to be known for what I'm against. I want to be known what I'm for. I'm for the power of God. I'm for the blood of Jesus. Anyway, we end up sitting down and, and uh, the dear father of this girl comes out and, and, he say, and she says, I want you to meet my dad. He's a war hero. And he shot, I don't forget, he shot 30 Americans or something. But anyway, and out he came. And this guy, and he's been shot. I forget, was it 15 times he got shot? He's been shot 15 times and crawled back to some place and survived the war. And here's the amazing miracle. That day when we're at their place, we got the chance to share in the middle of a Chinese New Year or Vietnamese New Year, got to share the passionate love of a contagious God who can bring hope and deliverance for you. And now we've got a family that have been set free from witchcraft, set free from the demonic chains of hereditary, stuff from the past and now that young girl sat in church last Sunday and wept her eyes out from start to finish because Jesus rules and He's the King of Kings and He's the Lord of Lords and, uh, and I tell you that just to say this really just to simply say friend we've got to get contagious just to simply say if you've lost your saltiness if your breath's bad Maybe you're breathing the wrong stuff. Maybe something you ate, negativity, doubt, fear, gossip got inside you and it makes your breath bad. You're horrible when you get into some place. God wants to shift that and change it. He wants to make you a life giver with your breath, a hope bringer with your experience. And I tell you all over this room today, I believe there are people, I can feel it in my heart today, the love of God going out to people here. And he's just saying, I so loved you that I hung there to take it all so that you could live in a contagious victory that I would win for you on Calvary's cross. When the girls arrived at the tomb that next 
three days later as we've just celebrated Easter and he was gone and they said where is he and the angel of the Lord said he is not here he is risen and we as the Christian world across the planet celebrate right now that we serve a risen Christ who is able to deliver you and I dare you this morning to just stretch your hand out and say Jesus I want you to take my hand I don't know where you're at this morning. There'll be people here from every walk of life. Some of you in the middle of great struggle. Some of you in the middle of confusion, maybe even unable to understand God. But can I say this? It's not about understanding Him anyway. I used to think I had a grip on understanding God. I thought just a few years ago that I understood completely how God operates and how His love operates. But then when my son got tragically killed on a highway in New Zealand and it broke my heart and I thought, God, what the heck? Where are you? Why did you allow this? Why did you do this? And I could not understand, no longer could I understand this living God until one night crying and weeping in my office three days later and weeping my heart out and not being able to get any hope or any kind of satisfaction. And then next thing, I, fat, I grabbed my Bible and I ripped a whole lot of pages out. I threw it against the wall. I said, this stuff doesn't work. And it fell down on the floor, open to the book of Job. And I remember reading the book of Job and broken to pieces. And I read that Job chapter 13, verse 25, where it says, Yea, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Job who lost everything in his life. And he said, nothing works. Nothing has an answer. But I'm going to trust you even though, God. And at that moment, I got up and I typed into my laptop, which was sitting on my desk. And I typed in, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. This beautiful woman comes on called Nicole C. Mullen. And she begins to sing this amazing song. And the song goes, for I know that my Redeemer lives, even though I go through trouble. And as she was singing that song, I had the most amazing spiritual experience. And I saw Jesus walk through the wall of my office. And as clear as I can see every one of you today, he walked through that office and he bent down. I could see my heart in front of me like a broken ceramic tile smashed into a thousand pieces. No wonder I was distraught, torn apart, broken, unable to sustain sanity. And he reached down and he didn't say anything. He just scooped it up in his beautiful hand. And then he put it right there and he said, son, it's going to be okay. And I want to tell you right in that moment of time, I shifted from understanding to trust in a God who is able, in a God who's got it all in control, in a God who is not shorthanded and not feeble, but He's able to bring peace, restoration and healing to even the brokenest heart in this place today. You may be angry and even mad at God, but God's got an answer for you today and it's in His Son, Jesus Christ. And I need to stop right there. I love you, God loves you. But the greatest thing that could happen here today, friend, is if you made a decision in your heart. Yeah, Don, I need a breath test. I need to get some of the stuff out that I've been thinking, talking about, hearing, listening to, that's got inside me. It's made my talk bad. It's made my language bad. It's made my experience bad. It's made my confession bad. Because we will live by our confession. Don, it needs to change. Maybe today you're here and you've never experienced what I experienced 35 years ago when a man came into our house and said, Don and Julia, the greatest thing that can happen here today is if you just let Jesus have access to your heart. And I didn't understand it. I had no clue how that worked, but it just sounded right because I knew that everything I'd done didn't have answers. And that day, 
I said, Jesus, I give you access to my heart. And it changed our entire, that night, that very night, my wife got totally healed. Totally healed right there. Boom. That's a power of God. He's contagious, friend. He's all over this room right now, right at the very back of this room where you're struggling and confused in your own mind, where you don't quite understand. But it's not about understanding. It's about trust, friend. It's about trust. And I want to tell you right now, wherever you're at, in your marriage, in your life, in your work life, in your body, in your health, and there seems to be no answers, Jesus is your answer today. That may sound simple, friend, but I'm a living testimony of the contagious love of God that can change your tomorrow. I wonder if you'd bow your heads with me, close your eyes. I want to pray with you. Father, I thank you for every person in this room. Beautiful people, God. God, people with an incredible destiny, an incredible purpose. People in this room, God, who have a future that they just need to unlock today. People who are locked down and can't understand and are not free today. Jesus, you just want to set them free. And I'm going to ask you, friend, that while I'm praying today, that you would consider in your heart where you're at with this incredible loving God today. Maybe today you need to be saying, maybe just that question in your heart needs to say, God, I want to give you access to my heart. I want to give you that kind of access, God. I want to know your love. I want to know your forgiveness. Friend, I was forgiven in a moment. The pain left, the baggage left, the past left, and a brand new tomorrow. Whoever you are today, maybe that's you. Don, that's me today. I need to give Jesus access to my heart. Will you please just lift your hand right now if that's you. Just lift your hand right now. Don, that's me. Don, that's me. Yeah, God bless you. Hands going up. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Who else is there? Yeah, right down the back there. God bless you. Somebody else right now. Don, I need to give Jesus access to my heart today. I want to get right with God right here. Don, I need to know what that forgiveness you're talking about. Lift your hand, friend, if that's you, because he's here to heal you, restore you, and deliver you from your past today. God wants to have a relationship with you, friend. Right down there. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. Is there anybody else today? Don, I need to make that kind of a commitment today. Anybody else? Give me a wave if I haven't seen you, because I want to believe God for you today. I want to stand in the gap with you today. Anybody else just waiting? This last few minutes can be the most powerful moment in your life. Who is it right now? Give me a wave if that's you. Say, Don, that's me. I want to give Jesus that kind of access into my heart today. Thank you, man. That's awesome, awesome, awesome. Just waiting a moment. It can be a turnaround moment for your future. One more person. I'm just waiting for you. I believe God's knocking on your heart's door today. God's knocking on your heart's door. He's a gentleman. He won't force his way ever, but he'll say, will you let me in? Who is that right now? Just real quick. Real quick. I don't want to miss you. If that's you, just give me a wave real quick before I stop. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Why don't we all stand to our feet this morning? I want you to pray a prayer with me. I want you to believe God as you pray this prayer. That supernatural transformation takes place. There's a prayer I prayed 35 years ago. Turned our entire generation around. I believe this is a family in here today. And God is about to turn what was meant for bad into good. And it's going to totally reorder your future. 
Why don't we pray this prayer together? If you could pray it out loud, we're all going to join in today. If you lifted your hand and that's you, please pray it out loud. If you're standing alongside someone, just pray it out loud today. But let's all join together and pray this prayer and make it our prayer. Jesus, I thank you for your incredible love. Today, I grant you access to my heart. Please forgive me for all my sin, my shame. Today I make a decision to step into a brand new life. I am born again. I will not be the same any longer because Jesus lives in my heart. Right now I determine to walk with you, to hear your voice and to live in the victory of the cross. In Jesus' name. Others here today who just need God, I need you to give me spiritual breath test. I need to let some stuff go today. I need to let them words go. I need new thinking. I need new, new vocabulary. I need, to, I need to talk different, dream different, speak different. Just lift your hand and grab an anointing out of this place today. Right across this place, I declare and activate the breath of God that would breathe life into you, that would supernaturally shift every doubt and fear out of the way, that it would release into your life an expectation for God's future, to be released for God's prophetic destiny, to be activated in your lives today. In Jesus' mighty and awesome name, we give you all the praise and all the glory. Amen. Give him a big hand clap. See you tonight. We're going to go for miracles. See you tonight. We're going to get excited about God. Thank you.